You've tuned into all things fine and gentry with the connoisseur, French Thompson, where consistently we bring you ideas, concepts, and exposure to thoughtful content, lifestyle enhancements, and opportunities to improve yourself and those around you. Thank you for tuning in and taking a listen to this week's episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to All Things Fine and Gentry. This is the connoisseur, French Thompson, and I'm so glad that you all chose to join me today. Um, This is going to be a great episode, but before we get into that, for all those that this is your first time joining, uh, welcome. Welcome to All Things Fine and Gentry. We uh, would hope that you would like, share, subscribe, follow on uh, any podcast platform and become a part of the listening audience to which whom I call the connoisseurs. So the connoisseurs that have come back, we thank you for for being um, frequent and recurring listeners and uh, enjoying the content that's here. And we hope that you all also will like, share, subscribe, um, be able to provide some insight to those that are around you and, you know, share the podcast and grow the, the, um, what do you want to call the listening audience here? Those that are connecting with it. So as you all know, we have just started our league of extraordinary gentlemen series, but today uh, is a special episode. There are very, very few men uh, in my life to whom um, have seen me go through different parts and different challenges in life, uh, been there for different milestones. Uh, and, and, you know, there are certain people, I will say, that define uh, certain uh, periods of your life, right? And so this is one of the gentlemen that's, uh, that is a part of that. And so uh, as we dig into it, uh, today we have Mr. Brandon Williams. Brandon, welcome to the podcast. Glad to be here. Oh, oh he's trying to be soft now. Glad, he's, he's, glad, he's, glad to be he's here. He's sitting in the studio <laughs> and, uh, and and we're just sitting down having uh, having a good drink and just having a conversation. And so, um, you know, we're going to dig into kind of Brandon's background, et cetera. Obviously, you all have, have seen the title uh, of this episode and very intrigued, I'm sure, as to the story behind it. But we're going to dig right into it. So, Brandon as I typically give the opportunity for those folks on the podcast to kind of just kind of, you know, share an introduction. Where are you from? Um, where do you live now? And then kind of like, what do you do uh, now? And then we'll kind of dig into your, your true background. Uh, well, first off, I'm uh, from New Orleans, Louisiana, uptown, uh, third wall, the Magnolia projects. Ah. Uh, it's been gentrified now. It's called <laughs> Harmony Oaks. No. <laughs> it's weird. I was down there a few weeks ago and I seen the Starbucks and it's like you got people standing <laughs> outside of Starbucks. It's like it's uptown. Like it's wild. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, um, due to Hurricane Katrina, I've um, relocated to Fort Worth, Texas. Um Fort Worth is uh, we're preparing to boom real big in Fort Worth. So yeah. if you notice, I stopped saying uh, Dallas Fort Worth. I yeah. live in Dallas. Yeah, like, it's just Fort Worth um, in itself. Yeah, Fort Worth is is gonna be an entity all on its own. Well, it is an entity all on its own. But yeah. we're trying to push the full the culture forward so people can start just recognizing Fort Worth and being on the map for what it is and not having That's Dallas good. attached to That's it. That's good. That's good. Like the Cowboys. Like, <laughs> the Cowboys haven't played in Dallas in years, but it's like the Dallas Cowboys. Like, not nah, technically, they haven't been in Dallas Cowboys for like thirty years. <laughs> Hey man, uh, you know people. They they. It's hard to give up America's team. Yeah, America. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as far as um, what I do, uh, I'm in construction management um, on the operation side of it. So, just pretty much, in short, calling the shots to get it done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's anything from skyscrapers to homes to uh, schools. 
Um, oh man, I hate to say this, but uh, the biggest boom right now is in private prisons. Yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah, that's a, a side conversation. That's a whole, but yeah, that's it's a whole, a whole other conversation. But, but, which but. is good, right? Because if we're gonna talk a lot, I mean, perfect, perfect kind of, you know, teaser into kind of some of the things we're gonna talk about today. Absolutely. But um, all right. So typically, I say, hey, did you go to school for this? But you didn't, right? No. And that's gonna be a part of the story. Not, not at all. That, that we kind of talk <laughs> about, right? So so let's let's dig right into it, right? You so. That's it, right? From the Magnolia Projects, you know, all these things that, you know, people sit here and, you know, listen to Down South Music, you know, Third Coast, all these types of things that people get into. Um, but but you lived it, right? Versus, yeah. you know, the, the rest of us that sit here and, and, and listen to it, which is the same way that, you know, I think about D.C. or Atlanta, places yeah. I've lived. And it's like, hey, you know, you, you have people that are from it that's been through it versus um, folks that live vicariously through it. Um, yeah. So let's. I mean, we're going to dig into it, right? We're yeah. going to be be open, and like we said, this the the title of this is from the corner to the corner office, right? Which, in, in itself, when you look at your story, man, it's a testimony in it. And so, yeah. let's kind of talk to it, right? Mm-hmm. Let's let's you you started in the hood, yeah, you know yeah. I mean? So uh, just jump right into it, man. Um, I grew up um, a single mother. Um, Mm, she had help from my grandmother it was real backing uh start from day one right i was born on a rainy wednesday <laughs> uh, seriously born on a, a rainy wednesday um my mom was at the hospital i was born um they told my dad like hey in order to take the baby home you need a car seat you have a car seat so he shot out to go get a car seat told my mom he'd be right back well of course i'm just being born this is what i was told um Two days go by. Mm. I'm in a hospital, no name. Yeah. Um, dad nowhere to be found. Uh, calling the house, calling family, everything else like that. Dude, shout out. He just couldn't handle it. Mm. So um, my mom realizing this, um, my name was supposed to be Jamal wow. something. Some middle name. But uh, my mom was in the hospital. Of course, uh, a 19-year-old. Mm young lady from urban area in New Orleans. Uh, she was watching soap opera. Wow. And I remember her telling me that there was this guy on one of the soap operas. His name was Brandon. A tall, dark, handsome <laughs> dude named Brandon. And she was like, this guy was gorgeous. And I was just like, you know what? I like that name. I'm going to name you Brandon. And boom, Brandon is. was. And then uh, my grandmother, they uh, realized what was going on with my dad, that he had uh, actually just skipped out, uh, couldn't handle it. And so uh, they bring me home. Uh, bring me home to 3319 and a half General Taylor Street. Mm. Uh, in the project, you got half addresses. <laughs> yeah. They don't give you, yeah, you got half. <laughs> so it's, I don't know what the other half was, but that's your address, and that's how the mail got to you. So, um, yeah, bring me home to that. Uh, fast forward a couple of years, man, and um, my mom, very classy lady, man. Um, like a lot of them. A lot of women growing up in that time, she had her, her bouts with substance abuse and things like that. So um, my mom wound up doing some time. My mom wound up getting locked up when I was uh, eight. Um, so even a little bit of backstory, I always been click tight with my grandmother. My grandmother like saw the how my father pieced out on us, and my grandmother stepped in and she helped out tremendously, immensely. Uh, even far as going to adopt me. Like, mm. I, I just found that out that um, my grandmother legally, well, I didn't find that out. I had to go through some things and um, was asked when she passed away, like, hey, you want the adoption papers? I'm like, wow. 
nah, I'm good. I don't, don't, I'm grown now. Yeah, I need adoption yeah, papers, but yeah. I'm a grandmother legally adopted me. So um, stuff like that. But, you know, just being in that atmosphere, um, like you said, like the rap music and stuff like that. I know you hear like Cash Money and uh, Master P and all these other stuff. I can even go back to old, old school New Orleans stuff like Big Boy Records and stuff like they were. We talk about like the the heavy drug use and drug culture that went on. So um, with my mom being locked up, my grandmother raising a, another son and an autistic son yeah. at the same time, she's dropped down to yeah. <laughs> some more additions in the household. Uh, so hearing all this stuff, seeing it firsthand, um, I hopped off in the streets and it, 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 you did that because you felt that this is. What you had to do to to be a part of or, or contribute to the household or what what pulled you there? Nah, straight up I was hungry. Yeah. I was hungry. Like uh I don't know if people or the listeners or anybody ever experienced uh hunger pains, but that's like worse than being shot. Mm-hmm. There's no food in the house. Uh uh just real quick, my grandmother passed in October of twenty twenty from a liver cancer and uh I went through a lot of stuff, you know, dealing with that, having to clean out a house and stuff like that. And my wife helped me and we found journals mm-hmm. where my grandmother documented like, hey, I don't know where the next meal is coming from. Wow. I don't know how wow. we're going to pay the light bill. I don't know how these things are going to happen. And so me seeing that firsthand and dealing with that firsthand and it's like, hey, look, you're in the projects. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And back then it's like the neighbors looked out for you. So it's kind of like you stand in this place by yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, uh, my brother, uh, also, my, my brother, he was with me. He was two years older than me. Um, it was seeing that, and it's like, all right, how we going to feed y'all? Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, <laughs> you didn't get, you didn't eat sometimes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, wish sandwich was top of the menu. <laughs> you know, uh, water for dinner some nights. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, basically, it was just like, I'm hungry, how, I gotta I'm hungry man. I got I to gotta eat. And, um we fought past statue of limitations. So <laughs> we seen a cat, uh, and his little is, uh, he had some light eyes and they would call him cat Mike mm-hmm. and cat Mike ran the corner outside, uh, the projects. Um, and my bro was like, Hey, I know, follow me. Yeah. You know, your brother tell you go do something. You just go and do, do it. it. So, uh, went out, did that. And the first thing you're going to do is be a holder. Mm-hmm. So you a little kid out there. You can run faster than everybody. Mm-hmm. The police not really looking for you, so they will have you hold the drugs and they'll have you hold the guns and the money sometimes. So, like, you just literally sat there and you held whatever he told you to, to hold. So, man, boom, first night out. Man, I want to say we got home from school. We went out there. It was like 6 o'clock. We stayed on up from, like, 6 to, like, 10 o'clock at night. Boom, we made $100. Yeah. So, boom, man, I mean... You eight years old, you make a hundred dollars. We big time. We're going. We're going to eat Chinese food tonight. You know what I'm saying? Give me two egg rolls. Yeah, give me, give me give me the two meat plates with the rice with the two egg rolls and the, the big drink. You know what I mean? So after that, you got ninety six dollars left yeah. over. You know yeah. what I mean? So you going to school the next day? Uh, and my brother taught me something real key because he already knew what he was going to do. Yeah. So he was just like, "Look, you got ninety dollars. I got ninety dollars." Like, all right, man. He was like, give me $50. Boom, give him $50. He took the $50 out. Boom. We got $100 yeah. in a coffee can, you know? Yeah. And the projects was just, it was just open. You didn't have, like, no separate rooms. You had your kitchen, your living room, and then you had the room. So you put it in the coffee can, and you put it behind the uh, stove. So, boom. The next morning, 
I wake up and that's all I thought about was that that money. I was like, man, that was quick. That was easy. So what we do the next night? Boom. Thing. You go back, you go do the same thing. So did that for a while and it was still the same thing. The 50 50. Yeah. You you made you made a hundred, you put up fifty, you hold fifty. So man, two weeks into this, you which, can imagine. Which is a crazy principle. Just when you think about hustle, right? Yeah. And the grind. And financial principles just right, associated bro. with it, right? It was just a whole nother deal, right? And and, and we'll we'll kind of talk about it because I want to ask, you know, further on, kind of street principles versus corporate principles, and kind of how you kind of look at some of those things. But you know, I think a lot of people sit here and look at folks that are hustling in, in the streets, right? Mm-hmm. And think like, oh man, they're dumb. They don't have all this stuff. But Cass got a plan, right? Cass running a Fortune five hundred business on the street. Thank you. <laughs> all right, all right. So 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 you so, put up yeah. fifty. Yeah, go ahead. And I mean, by the end of you do that for a week and a half, two weeks. I mean, you got like almost five hundred dollars saved up. You know what I mean? Not, not saved up in your pocket. In your pocket. Like you know what I'm saying? So um, what I was taught was, we're gonna do this for a little bit, and then we we gonna get us a pack. Mm. And getting a pack real quick for my people who's not too street savvy. We're gonna buy our own product so we can sell. So the way it was structured was it's very territorial. Mm-hmm. Uh, business mindset, right? You had a corporate structure, like, hey, this is our corner, this is our avenue. You can't come over here, like, yeah. you know. Of course, it had, you know, in the corporate world, I was like, yeah, you get sued and infringed, or you know, this kind of infringement. You can't do that. But in the streets, it's like, nah, don't come over here and infringe on my territory. Right, you right. got certain other physical repercussions versus a legal repercussion. Yeah. So um, it was like, all right, cool. So man, we we did that for a little bit, and then uh, I want to say. Man, it was like 96 or so. Excuse me. I wasn't, um, we wasn't holders for too long. We became runners. Yeah. Runners is you get to work, you go. Once they tell you, hey, this dude want two, he want four, he want, you know, whatever, you go get it from the little holder. You go get it from the little dude. You run it to the car. Boom. Transaction complete. Yeah. You know, it's like almost like a three-phase transaction. Mm-hmm. So um, when you became a runner, it went up. You went up from making $100 a day to whatever you had yeah. extra, you know. Mm-hmm. But what we were stashing for was so we could buy our own pack. So now you got two cash that's coming in there, and they like 10, 11, 12. Like, hey, man, we want to buy our own pack. How much money y'all got? You know how much? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was like, all right, cool. Yeah. We start off with an eight ball. Yeah. Boom. Started buying eights. And the thing about it was it's a difference between cocaine and crack. Yeah. Is that's why it's called crack cocaine. But the people selling the crack, they have to get it from somewhere. Not everybody knows how to make crack. Right. So learning how to make crack was like one of the pivotal things that set me apart from other people who was just out on the street working because now I was like, all right, cool. I could just get cocaine and make crack now. And that's how I started really diving off further into the dope game because I could just make crack and then sell it to the dudes who was actually selling crack. Mm-hmm. So instead of me selling piece of crack, I could just make a slab and sell it for $100. So I'm cool. So I'm learning how to do this all while I'm going to school. And man, I tell you, I was so enamored in the drug game and dope culture to where it's like Master P, Ice Cream Man, uh, make crack like this. Like I knew this stuff, like yeah. my schoolwork. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I would literally wake up, make about crack me. like this. <laughs> you know what I'm like? You know that was that was life. Yeah. But now all of a sudden, it's uh, I play ball too. So it's just like that was kind of my leeway out. You know, like oh, well, yeah, I'm here early at school or I'm here late at school because 
I'm about to go to practice or I'm yeah. about to go in the gym. I'm about to go shoot in the gym or I'm about to go lift weights or something like that. So nobody ain't really kind of mess with me because of that. But like people in the street knew, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, nah, I don't mess with this dude. And I'm a naturally big guy. I'm bigger than anybody in my age bracket. Right. So, and I'm also, I'm hanging out with dudes. That's yeah. <laughs> double my age. Right. You know what I mean? And like, these some gorillas. Like they, <laughs> they knocking heads off. They, man, I, I smashed this dude head, you know, such and such. They locked me up. I'm beating people up. I'm doing all this. And it's like. It, question. In this process, right? So you, you, you said it, right? You, you're not only running the streets, but you're also running the court, right? Yeah. That, that you have, or the field, because you play both, right? Yeah. That, that, that you, you, you have this parallel path, mm-hmm. right? Um, did you see the streets as a means to an end, or did you, you know, or, or, or did you just say, hey, you know, this is actually what I'm going to be, and sports is on the side. Like, how, how did you balance that you know, making it through, you know, because because you're beyond hunger now, right? You're, you're beyond physical hunger. Of we eat food. every day, yeah, right, right. You know what I mean? And and now you're you're in a point that you you're you're actively making the decision to say, hey, like there there's a path here, and you and you 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 made a choice, right? So, did you ultimately say, hey, I'm I'm going to do this as a way to support myself to be good or were you like, hey, man, I think I'm going to really actually do this sports thing. Or did that come later on? Oh, yeah. In, in my mind, I was going to leave. Yeah. Uh, I wish I still had it. My first grade teacher, Ms. Quavis, of course, you know, they asked you the first grade, grade question. What you going to be when you grow up? I strategically wrote down, I'm going to play in the NBA and marry Janet Jackson. <laughs> that was my, that was, that was the, that's what I was going to do. You know, I'm going to play ball. I'm going to the NBA and I'm going to marry Janet Jackson. Um football came along and then it was like, oh man, this football thing, I could I could really do this. Because, you know, I to give you my I'll give you an example. My favorite player, uh Deion Sanders. Mm. You see Deion Sanders, he get drafted. This dude got all kind of he like Mr. T, right? <laughs> he got the not so wet but dry Jerry curl. But this dude got every I'm talking about you going to jury, so he got every gold chain on. And it's like, that's what I want. Yeah. That's what I'm do. But not only that, not only are you gonna see me but I get to take care of my family. That's good. Right? Yeah. My, my mom come home to something. You yeah. know what I'm saying? When I see my mom through the glass, I could, you know what I'm saying? You tell her I got something for Bring her. Come home, come home. You got a house. You got yeah. a binge. You got this, that. You know, all the material stuff that you think is going. But it also gives you that peace of mind. Right? My grandmother doesn't have to work at, you know, a call center for 14 hours a day. My, and, and, and you saw sports as your way out yeah. versus the versus. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. This right here, the street, because like at such a young age. I seen Cash Kid shot, stabbed, set on fire, ran over and hit by cars, you know, stuff like that. And I always knew, like, brother, it's not for me. This is short term. But the thing about the streets, man, it's got a way of sucking you in Mm. because you got to answer this page, right? Mm. You (laughs) got to go make this run. And it's always that just this last time or just one more time. You know what I mean? And, um, I remember being so tied to the streets to whereas I wasn't able to have fun like a regular kid. Um, we going to the skate rink. Where y'all going? Oh, we going Friday night after school. I can't. Yeah. I got to go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I got to go clock hours on this block. I got to go make sure this good. Or I got to go cook this pack up for this dude. You know what I'm saying? I already had stuff that was 
obligating me yeah. to certain things. Um, I had to stay in school because that was my way of keeping my grandmother off my back, mm. you know, because she don't really, at this point, she don't really know what's yeah. going on. Yeah. Oh, she's just like, who gave you those shoes? Where you get a necklace from? Yeah. You got a pager? Like, you know, she, she like putting two and two together, but I'm like, no, nah, man. Okay, Eric gave me this. Oh, this this for him. Or this for, I'm a, this D stuff. You know, I'm just holding it for him. I'm just holding it down. Oh, you know, my cousin John gave me his old shoes. You yeah. know what I'm saying? She's not really paying attention to stuff like that. But uh, that's why I had to stay in school. Mm-hmm. But in public school in New Orleans, man, that's like a breeding ground for, for trouble. Yeah, yeah, I mean, for everywhere across the board. Like public yeah, school yeah, is like, yeah. man, I ain't got to go nowhere. I got the best of both worlds here. I'm making it on the block, but then they won't be hard too. So they coming to see me. So, um, yeah, the, 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 the mean, I didn't, the streets wasn't a full-time thing, right? Uh, used to always hear, um, there's only two ways it's going to get dead in jail. Yeah. And I saw that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I see, I got locked up when I was 13. I got locked up for, um, for, uh, controlled substance possession and a firearm. Mm. And I'm like, was in jail and like New Orleans, man, they don't care, man. They, they like eyeball you. Oh, yeah. you big enough. You going, you know, you going this. And I'm like, man, I'm facing all this other stuff. Uh, and right then and there, I knew I was like, man, this ain't the place for me. I don't want to do this. Yeah. And then it would scare me to kind of like, you know, I'm scared straight now. Right. I'm going to be on straight now. I ain't messing with this. And then page go off. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go answer this. You got to yeah. go do that. Yeah. And then next thing you know, this inner vow that you created for yourself, like, nah, I ain't going to do this because I know it's going to lead to that. You right back in the same position. And yeah, definitely it was something very short-lived that I thought was going to be real quick, but it just got a way of sucking you back in, man. Well, I mean, we, we've had conversations, obviously, off the mic and stuff and about this, right? I mean, you buy a car, it's cash, right? Oh, you, you, yeah. you, I mean, so, you know, I don't want anybody to think, oh, well, he just talking, you know, small time. Like, nah, you you legit had an opportunity to sit here and oh yeah, if and, I wanted do to. this. Yeah. yeah, you know? So let's, let's, let's dig a little bit deeper, right? So your brother, right? So let's talk about talk about him and how that impact, you know, uh, affected your outlook and or emboldened it or made you, again, t- tell yourself, I'm going to do something different, right? I was a true little brother. Whatever my brother did, I was doing. Yeah. Like, ain't no, no your fans are bust. I'm not about to do this. Like, nah, I'm going to do this. We're going to play ball. We're going to play ball. We're going to sell dope. We're going to sell dope. We're going to try to rap. We're going to try to rap. <laughs> you know, we're going to, uh, you know what I'm saying? We're going to go to school and be, you know, House speakers and yeah. aldermen and try to be presidents. All right, we're gonna try to be a president. Like yeah, yeah. that's that's what it was. And uh, also, my best friend, like he, my, my best friend is a year older than me. Yeah. So it's like with that relationship, right? Oh, what we gonna do? We are gonna be dope boys. We are gonna be dope boys. We are gonna be this. We are gonna be. And the funny thing is, you got a lot of cats in your life. And like I said, I never really had relationships or hung with nobody my age. Everybody's been older than me. And it's always been that, hey, man, look, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And now sitting at 36 years, 30, ooh, I'm a few days early, early. I'm still 35. Uh, at 35, I'm sitting there realizing the manipulation that was taking place. Mm-hmm. Because if something go down, that's on him. You know what I mean? It's it's on the cat that go to school and play ball who y'all thought was y'all, you know what I mean? <laughs> but definitely a lot of manipulation that went on in certain instances in certain areas. And, and you see that now or after you lost him? Oh, man. Um, now. Yeah. Now. Because uh, 
Uh, brother died in a car accident, man. That was just that was crazy. But um, seeing it now, and not not even him, man. It was just like cats who was in our ears. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's like now you look at it as like dudes didn't have our best interests at hand. <laughs> which you know, which in itself, again, the parallels here of the corner versus the corner office, right? Corporate America, it's. In some ways, man, you 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 have to be careful because you still have those same people, mm-hmm. right, whispering in your ear about like, hey, you can do this. Yeah. Here's the opportunity. Here here's the here's the cash, right, that we're yeah. going to show you. And you know, having that wherewithal to either now or at some point in the in the, in the future, realizing how to understand what people are really for you, or you know may have their own best interests in heart, you know what I mean? And that's, that's a, that, that's a, that's a challenging piece there. How, how did, how did you losing your brother impact your decision to continue in the streets or say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to pursue sports or did you just kind of double down on it? Man, the, the whole thing was when everything went down with, so Katrina happens August 05. Yeah. Brother dies in November 05. Yeah. So now I'm sitting at a crossroad. And they had some other stuff that was told to me by a very reliable source that a lot of stuff was about to come down. Yeah. If Let's say Katrina would never happen. We'd be on the front page. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Some, right. some stuff was going to happen. So um, that, that also altered my decision. And then, honestly, man, going to Texas and seeing it, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, we go on trips and, you know, make runs and do all this stuff. You know, go to Miami, go to Atlanta, go to, you know what I'm saying? You go up the coast, go to D.C., go to New York. You see all this stuff. But, man, Texas really opened my eyes to saying, like, you know what? I could do this. Yeah. I could live a legit life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and be successful in the area. Uh, one of my favorite parts of uh, this movie called Blow Uh with uh, Boston George, yeah. and he was showing his mom and dad's house and the Maseratis and the Porsches, and the dad asked him, what do you do? He said, oh, I got this little import-export thing going on. <laughs> and dad's like, I ain't stupid, Georgie. I know what I was doing. And he looks at his dad and he tells him, man, I, yeah, I do. I, I sell drugs, but I'm good at it. Mm-hmm. And his dad looks at him and he's like, George, you'd have been good at anything you put your mind to and do. Wow. And it was like, wow, that was major. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That part. So it was just like, to answer your question, when you realize that stuff and you look back at it and when you lose somebody real close to you, yeah. you start thinking like that. Like, man, what if I put my mind to this? Could I actually be, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because let me tell you, man, it looked good. The life is good. Don't get me wrong. Right. You got disposable income. You're going, you buying cars, cash. you getting a, you go to the shoe store and you buying shoes. They got to bring them out on a dolly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you you in the club with, you know, football players, basketball players. And like, I am at this point, I'm like, I'm be honest. I made 21 in Texas. I wasn't even old enough to drink, but I'm yeah. in the club popping bottles. Like, it's nothing, yeah. you know? And uh, people looking up to you, you know, you two-way pages and stuff. That's yeah. back then, you yeah, know, I had two-way pages. <laughs> I got two of them on my, my you know, I got the, the big silver joint, you know? <laughs> yes. And it was like, man, what's this dude doing? You know, the big Jacob watches, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And they're like, man, we spending that much money you know what I'm saying you got chains and earrings and stuff and all this stuff you're really doing but like to the extent of it you really do feel like a slave because you got no peace you really do you're a slave to them streets because the streets got you and honestly those are the biggest fiends 
You know what I'm saying? Because you got to think about it. You got a problem with substance abuse or something. You can go to rehab. You go get you some help, and now you got to start over. Mm. There really isn't only rehab for a drug dealer is either dead or in jail, right? You go to jail. That's your rehab. You got to sit there and sweat and shake the the the, the balling and champagne out your system wow. because you're not going home to that. That's good. You just spent all your money. Like, let's, let's talk about the real raw bones of it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I got in trouble. They got a lawyer that's like, man, if you don't give me $10,000, I'm not even talking to you. Mm. Like, stuff like that. You know, and I, you got cats with several open cases, right? I'm, I'm not going to say his name, but I know a cat that when they went down, like, this dude had 18 open cases. Mm. So, and two of them were major. The lawyer like, yeah, you ain't got a quarter mil. We're not even talking. Come on, you're a cat from the project. I mean, you ain't making that much money. Right, like, so right, as you can right. just up and just relocate. But you're dealing with stuff like that now. Yeah. You in you you big boy case now, you know? And it's like, you got to keep a lawyer on retainer. Lawyer on retainer is, you got to get this dude 10000 a month just in case something in go case down. Something. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, in case I get pulled over. In case I do this. And then, like, the crooked cop thing. Yeah. You got to pay off certain, like, certain police with pirates. You get pulled over, oh man, I bet we about to send you to jail. Oh, how much you got on you? All right, I'll take this off you and you go home. Mm. Uh, and I mean, oh, that's a nice chain. That's a nice watch. I'll take you know that. what I'm saying? I'll take whatever you got on you. And you like, which, who you gonna report that to? Nobody. Hey, <laughs> the officer badge number such and such took my $40,000 <laughs> Jacob watch that I bought with drug money. Come on, man, who going? You know what I mean? There's, there's, no, there's no out to it. Mm. And what I say is, you become a bigger fiend than the fiend because you, oh man, I gotta go get this other hit. I gotta go make this last run. I gotta go make this last move. I gotta go do this. Your life and you living so fast, it puts so much age on you. And you really don't even see your life flashing before your eyes, right? That's good. We're gonna pause right there so we can feed these kids and then we're gonna come back to. Um, gotta feed the kids. Yeah, gotta feed the kids. We don't want them to be hungry and spiral off, spiral off into something they don't wanna do. <laughs> All right, so post Katrina, you make your way to to Houston. Yeah, um, and you know, I know we've talked about before, but you know, you you, you essentially kind of had it, put yourself at a crossroads of, of what you're going to do next, right? So, how was that, right? How was Katrina for you? And then the the move to Houston. All right, so man, Katrina, Katrina just was Katrina. Wiped New Orleans out how I knew it, how I grew up with. I grew up in old New Orleans, right? <laughs> you yeah. know, Katrina is like post Katrina is new New Orleans. Um, so I got out. We went to Houston, which is a five hour drive. Took us twenty two hours to get to Houston. Mm-hmm. Traffic was just that bad. Yeah. Um, I was hesitant. I didn't want to leave New Orleans because we had just left a year before for Ivan. Like, put everything in U-Hauls yeah. and boarded up the house. Nothing happened. Not even a drop of rain. So Katrina comes. I'm like, I'm not going nowhere. Yeah. I'm playing the Xbox. Uh, playing the PlayStation. I'm like, I ain't going nowhere. I'm playing Madden. Grandmother comes in. She's crying. Like, and I'm like, all right, we can leave. Yeah. I'm not paying for nothing. Don't ask me for no money. Don't ask me. Like, this full flash now. Everybody know what I'm doing now. So I'm, like, <laughs> I'm not paying for nothing. I want nothing. Grandmother rented like some van, and it's like my mom, sister, my uncle. Like you know, we go to Houston. We get to my uncle's house. My uncle's married at this time, so it's my uncle with his family, and then his wife's family, because all everybody's from New Orleans, and other relatives. Twenty-two people 
in a two bedroom townhouse wow. in Houston. And it's before the air mattress craze. So it's like <laughs> you're making pallets in the kitchen. Like, you know what I mean? Um, then you see it on TV, mm-hmm. underwater, all the horrific stuff. Yeah. And it's like, it's different because, like, people from the outside looking in, it's like, oh man, that's horrible. But it's like, I was just there the other day. Yeah. And now I see it underwater. Cats, like, uh, You'll remember it. The cats that was on the roof and they were yeah. waving the flags. Like I knew two of them cats. Like wow. for real. Wow. And that, if you really, if I go back and I can show you the picture, that's the church that my grandmother went to. Wow. And the project was like right on the side. Wow. Like it was a projects on this side and then an apartment building. That apartment building was like some cats I knew back then. Like I used to be in them apartments for real. And um, just seeing all that, the devastation and like my people hurting. Like it was rough. It really was, you know, and I, that affected us big time. Me, um, I had shattered my kneecap mm. when I was in college playing ball. So I was at, instead of rehabbing at school, I elected to rehab at home. Mm. And so getting caught up in that, and it's like the storm happened August the 29th. The people from school, like, hey, yo, where you at? You're supposed to be here. And they're like, you got until September the 1st to be back at school that we void your scholarship. Wow. So I'm like, well, you gotta do what you gotta do Cause I mean I just yeah, Lost yeah. everything You know what I mean So um, what, why, why Why did you make that choice Why did you make the choice Not to go back Right so Not necessarily like Hey this is your out This is your opportunity to Do what you said That you really wanted to do Back in You know You know Junior high High school Like hey I'm a ball I'm gonna do all this stuff Why, why didn't you just go back to school Like I told you The streets got a hold of you mm-hmm. So I mean Atlanta with a brand new Nissan Murano, but yet I go to ESPN zone and I see Michael Vick and Enzo. Yeah. I see Allen Iverson and the Phantom. Yeah. I see Range Rovers, Benzes, Bentleys, all this every day. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> a part of me is missing that. You know what I mean? Uh, so it was my out to get home, mm. right? It's the summertime, uh, you know, season's over. I got a nursing injury. Yeah, I'm going home. I'm going to go home. I'm going to go do that. Why stay? Why, if you got so many ties to the streets, nobody out here know what you're doing? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? All they just see is the fruits of it. You know, you damn near NCAA violation because you shining. <laughs> <laughs> they want to know, like, what's up with you? So, um, nah, man, I just wanted to go home. I missed the mix. Um, also, if, the, if I'm going to be honest with myself, um, the potential of what it could be, right? That me spending that time alone, rehabbing, working on my craft, doing what I said I was going to do. But it was the streets. The streets still had a hold of you. So it's like part of me, yeah, this is my dream. This is my goal. This is what I wrote down on the paper in first grade. But I still won't be at home. Mm-hmm. I still won't be in the mix. I still won't see what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm playing both sides of the fence yeah. so I could do this. So that's, to answer your question, that's that. I still, that streets had a hold on me. So I wanted to be in the mix. I wanted to see what's going on. I had my girl home, you know, which yeah. is my wife right now. <laughs> you know, I wanted to go see what's up with her. You know, but um, no, man, fast forward and the Katrina stuff. Happened. That's how I got caught up in the Katrina mix. But um, as Katrina happened, New Orleans, the way we know it is no longer there. Yes. People are starting to deal with life after that. So people start moving out, doing things like this. So um, I'm sitting in my uncle's house, uh, my uncle's townhouse on the sofa. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm, I get Dressed in a half bathroom, you know yeah, what I'm saying? No yeah. shower, no nothing. I got to go upstairs in his kid's bathroom and take a shower, you know? So um, that morning, I'm, I ain't shower. I'm just getting ready. I wash my face. I look up in the mirror, and I'm like, 
come on, man, this can't be life. Mm-hmm. And not from uh, what you're going to do, you're going to get back on the field, you're going to grind, you're going to hop back in the streets, you're going to do something like this. This can't be life. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You can't be living on nobody's sofa. You know yeah. what I'm saying? No grown man wants to take care of another grown man, right? Yeah. So I, I understand, like, my uncle not going to never, he, he's not going to tell me that at this point, but I know it's coming. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you, you, yeah. Can, you can feel the tension, the animosity. Yeah. Uh, not, not animosity, that's the wrong word. You could just feel the tension yeah. of... Multiple people in the house. Hey, dude, yeah. what, what you, you, you going to do? Yeah. You know? So I'm like, what you going to do with yourself, man? How do you see yourself? So um, I hopped in the whip. I took a ride. And uh, I just cleared my head, man. And I, uh, I, have, I had to come to Jesus and meet with myself. Mm-hmm. What you going to do now? So... Um, I knew some cats that played ball and I heard that a few schools were doing uh open a few colleges was doing open workouts. Okay. This is after my scholarship was voided with yeah. uh school in in Atlanta. So um it was at uh U of H downtown mm-hmm. Houston. So it's U of H, uh Texas Southern, uh Texas Tech, another a couple of a lot of the Big Ten schools and a few HBCUs. Mm-hmm. So boom. Um the cats at Texas Tech is like, hey man, you you show some promise. Like, yeah. hey, look, we could put you in our system. You know, we need a guy like you. So I'm like, all right, bet. Let's do the paperwork. Let's do it. Continuing on with the dream. Yep. Come to find out, man. Uh, back in 05, like the NCAA, not like how it is right now. Mm. Hey, bro, they voided your scholarship, but you still was in, so you can't transfer. You got to sit out a whole year. Wow. Well, I just had to come to Jesus meeting with myself in the half bathroom, so I can't. You know what <laughs> I, I mean? Sit out. I bet that's what's up. I'm gonna holler at y'all. Mm. You know, you know, cat. Like, man, just keep working. You know, gave me all this information, everything. Like, definitely. Like, you know what I'm saying? I could have been a. I could have went to tech. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But um, that just didn't work out. Oh, I'm sorry. It was, it was uh, Texas A&M. Mm. Uh, it was A&M. So I could have been an Aggie, but uh, it didn't work out with all the. And they were gonna give me a scholarship and everything. And I'm like, I right, bet. So. Back to the couch. Yeah. Now what you going to do? So, man, I just laid up there, and I was like, man, I'm going to find me a job. I'm hopping in the workforce. So uh, I hopped in the workforce, and um, I started working for uh, an international shipping company. <laughs> I'm not going to say the the, the, the name. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, was a, I worked there for the brown guys. Uh, and I did that. And that's when I really started to see – that the corporate world and the streets had the same. Mm. I mean, this is, this looks familiar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, all right, we're gonna move packages. I got a guy over me <laughs> who tells me what to do. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm like, I've seen this before. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is very familiar. So um, yeah, that's how I wound up in the workforce yeah. and having that, like, I gotta do something. Because remember, I came from yeah. Being hungry, and I'm like, I'm not gonna return yeah. back to that. I'm not gonna have these. I'm not gonna days. depend on nobody to take yeah. care of me. So now, what am I gonna do? And so that's how I hopped in the workforce with having that. So how, how'd you get? How'd you get to Fort Worth then? Oh, so um, man, I had um, my 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 family had moved up to Fort Worth. Okay, my uh, mom, my grandmother, they had moved up to Fort Worth. Okay. So I was on like some come see them type stuff. Yeah. So I was like, hey, let me just come see that. And man, I ain't gonna lie. Houston is cool. No, no, no offense to Houston people. You know, <laughs> my my Houston people. I'm good. I've 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 been a Houstonian for a minute. Shout out uh, Northside, 1960, Aldine Westfield. <laughs> but um, I went to Dallas for the first time since I was a little boy. Okay, 
And man, the skyline of Dallas, mm. riding up 45, I was fell in love with it. I was like, man, it's a big city, you know? Yeah. I fell in love with Houston on, on some like, you know, it was cool, you know, doing that, but it was like, man, this is where it's at, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And honestly, the commute was shorter. You know, Houston, mm -hmm. everything is spread out. Yep. Like, everything is spread out. Dallas is spread out, it's big, but you can still you get can still to get places, places management. So I'm like, all right, this is cool, you know what I'm saying? And so uh, my guy brother was up, up there, and uh, I went to kick it with him for a little bit. And uh, he eventually stopped, moved back to New Orleans. So I'm like, man, you know what? And all of that, too, I did try to move back to New Orleans for a minute. I had a trailer and all that other stuff. That just didn't work out. You know, 6'5", living in a trailer, that don't work. So <laughs> I went, that didn't work. That was very short-lived, <laughs> like one visit short-lived. But uh, I was in the, do I want to go back to New Orleans? I want to go back to Houston? You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna stay in Houston and make it work. It just something just didn't sit right with me. But Dallas was cool. Yeah. You know? So um I I was like, you know what? I'm just take everything in this apartment that I got. I'm gonna just move to Dallas, you know. My mom's there, my grandmother's there. I could play somebody couch until I get myself together. And so I did just that. Um I played 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 the couch for a little bit. Uh I wanna say like three weeks. And then um I got a job doing a warehouse loading, what I was doing in Houston, yeah. but with another competitor, mm -hmm. competitor, just like that shipping company. So I'm like, all right, cool. Same thing. Right. Yeah. Man, I peeped this corporate structure. Right. Dude, I was slinging boxes in a warehouse on a graveyard shift and was doing it because I applied my hustle from the street. Right. Hey, if I could, somebody can tell me what they want and I can run it out to their car. I can get this box off this conveyor belt and put it in this spot. And they had a thing at this company. It was like, hey, just play Tetris. Build a wall. <laughs> and I'm like, bad. I'm good at Tetris. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah. dude, I'm talking about within three months, I had to train for a month. A month of showing them what I did. And then the next three months, I got employee of the month. Wow. Parking spot, doing all this stuff. I mean, like, you know, that's big. Like, you know, you, you work in these, these warehouses and stuff like that, man. You got to park all the way in the back if you don't come in at a certain time to get in the front spot. And I'm like, bet, that's cool. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, did that for a little bit. And then I was like, hold on, man. If I can apply this, I got to find me a better job, that's right? Good. That's good. So then I hopped off in uh, the medical field mm -hmm. and I did the same thing. Shipping and receiving for a hospital. Got it. And <laughs> shipping and receiving, <laughs> it, it, it sounds funny when I say it, but you do that in the streets, right? Exactly. It's, it's the same. It's just backwards. You receive, then you ship. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean, you can flip it how you want it. And so, with the hospital, I started, that's, that's when it really opened my eyes to a real corporate structure and how you run a business when I hopped in the medical field. Yeah. And... Uncoherently, I mean they they deal drugs like straight like straight up. I mean, let's just be real. And I'm like, okay, cool. But now I'm legal. I can yeah, do it. Like yeah, I have a yeah, you know yeah. I got paycheck stubs and stuff like this. So I'm seeing it was like, hey man, I'm I'm doing this. I'm you doing know what it, yeah. I'm saying? So hopping into those mid level positions, and I started seeing like the corporate structure and start paying attention to it and asking questions. So 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 let's 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 pivot to where you are now, right? So so you're you're seeing a path. In the legit side, right? Yeah. Partially because your um, your your area of where you could run business is gone, right? Yeah. It's, it's rebuilding your clientele, all of these types of things. So it's like, you know, circumstance pushes you into this situation. 
And then you get with the company you're at now and you literally start, you know, just on the lot, washing trucks oh, and from stuff the, like from that. from the bottom, yeah. man. I'm washing, washing construction equipment. Yeah. <laughs> Some people, it may sound easy, but the people that do it, that's hard. You got to yeah. imagine, like, you bring a piece of... Uh, a backo, right? You bring a huge, large, however many pounds of backo weighs out into a muddy, dirty job site. Then you have to bring it back and you yep. have to wash the equipment. That's what you do. Yeah. And I honestly, I got laid off from the hospital when, when in 08 with all the whole economic crisis. So I got mm-hmm. laid off. And I actually got suckered into a temp agency. Ah. So I went to a job fair. <laughs> I go to a job fair and people like, I've, I've never been in the workforce like yeah. this. So I didn't understand. The lady is like, this is like, <laughs> she, should, she should be a hustler because they hustle. <laughs> but I, she was like, oh yeah, we're a recruiting agency mm. and we find you jobs. You just go there and fulfill. I didn't know nothing about temp agencies yep, yep, back then. Yep. So I'm like, bad. I tell my wife, hey, I got a job. <laughs> She's like, well, you got, you got, I got a job with this agency. They're going to find me work. And I'm like, all right, bet. So I show up, dude, no lie. I could put a guy on the phone right now. He would laugh because this story is true. I show up to the construction company to do a, wa- a wash job to wash the equipment yep. with literally like a slacks, <laughs> white shirt, and a tie on. You know, because you thinking you about I'm to- thinking, like, you know, I'm going for a job interview. The dude was like, "Yeah, dude, you come back tomorrow. You overdressed for the job." I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> all right, cool." But um, that brings me to it. Yeah. So yeah. I come back. The next day, I hop into it. I start washing equipment. And I, the, so, so at this point, do you say to yourself, hey, I'm just going to grind, do what I need to do? Or is there a piece of you, like you said, it's the drug, right? There's a piece of you that's saying, dude, this is beneath you. You can go back and restart this thing, right? Because, because a lot of people will listen to this and be like, man, I, I ain't, it don't matter how bad it gets. I ain't washing no trucks. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of people get sucked into the mindset of uh, what I'm not going to do versus saying, hey, I'm going to do what I need to do to survive. Right. And so what's your mindset when you come back the second day? Is it we going to do what I got to do? Or are you kind of second guessing the post Katrina life? It's twofold. So now I got different entities, right? I don't just have myself yeah. in a sneaker obsession, right? Mm. I have a wife. I got a son at this point. Yeah. And I've already had um I've already had a legit job before. Got it. So now it's I gotta pay rent now. Yeah. I gotta pay my insurance. I gotta yeah. pay a cell phone bill. I gotta pay lights. I gotta do all this other stuff because I refuse to have my namesake That's good. Light. That's good. Uh Mary and Jesus candles to have lights, right? I'm telling you stuff that I know about, you know what I'm saying? I refuse to have him put uh, a shopping bag inside of a Home Depot bucket and use mm. it for the bathroom because you don't have water. I refuse that. Yeah. So uh, I swallow my pride. That's I go good. back. But it's also, the, it's twofold. It's the sports and competitive mindset, right? Mm. All right. The man tells me, hey, look, I got 25 pieces here. I need you to be done by the end of the day. Bad. That's nothing. I'll be done by lunch. Yeah. What else you got for me? Yeah. Needless to say, I, I do this 
in the hottest summer and yeah. record in Texas, right? <laughs> so, you know, I'm brown skin wavy. I'm looking like a Haitian, you know, <laughs> I don't want to try to, you know, not being racist about no. it, but like I'm dark skin with good hair. Dudes was like, I got raccoon eyes because I got the sunglasses on. Like I'm out here busting it the whole summer. Dude comes to me and like, hey, he it is a joke. And actually, this is a guy, he's my boss now. He's like, um, he his thing Friday was, what you doing Monday? Mm. I was like, come in here and wash the equipment. Yeah. I bet we see you Monday. Yeah. So that was that was our little running joke that we had. So my thing was he kept offering it to me. And I took the same approach that I did in the streets, mm-hmm. right? So I was making money as a runner. I would put it up. So mm-hmm. now I got bills to do it, but I got bills to take care of and do all this stuff now. But now I'm storing knowledge, right? That's good. That's good. All right. That's good. I'm washing this equipment. This mechanic got to stop what he doing, drive it in there for me to wash it. Hey, dude, how how I drive this? Yeah, you talking to the city boy from the projects yeah. in New Orleans? Yeah, I never seen construction equipment set on the side of the road, right? Yeah. I don't know how to work this. Oh yeah, you move this lever, you do this, you do such and such. All right, not only can I go get it from the mechanic now, I can go get it from him, wash it, and go put it where it needs to be for mm-hmm. a driver. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, cool. Um. Imagine, so all the dirt and the rocks, they go mm-hmm. into what's called a sand trap, right? They got this guy comes in a big, huge truck. He moves the grate, and he cleans Sets out the out. sand trap. Okay, if I use this excavator, flip this backhoe bucket up, I can clean the sand traps out myself, put it in, dump it in the waste uh, dirt the waste dirt bin, and guess what? I just saved my boss $2,000 a trip, right? Mm. And this dude got to make this trip every week. Now I don't even... I don't even market myself like that. Hey, man, look, this is a way I found out we could save some money and cut this guy out. Wow. His bottom line is seeing a plus now because of something I did. All right. Take it a step further, right? I mastered. I know how to do this stuff now. Now I want to know, hey, man, how you make this work? Yeah. What do you need? To, if, if, it, if it doesn't start, what do I need to do? All right. Well, I'm getting skills from a mechanic now. Oh, well, first thing you got to check is the battery. All right. You check the battery. You know, this, this, that, and the third. Um, construction equipment in Texas is seasonal, right? Yeah. Some equipment sits on the yard for a long time. What I do? I go grab the battery card and I start popping it up. Hey, man, out of these 10 pieces of equipment, these three don't work. I need the batteries changed. Oh, okay, good, man. Good catch. You know, oh, don't worry about it. I already changed the batteries on. Just letting you know. <laughs> so now it's not, not only is this guy washing equipment, he's saving me money on my dirt traps. He's saving me money on equipment that's sitting. So if somebody needs it, it's, it's oh. Raining. And so now it comes and it's August to, hey, man, what you doing next week to, hey, you want a job? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm, I'm not just a wash guy. I'm a hybrid. Yeah. I can do it. You, you getting three things in one now. So I'm marketing myself, and I'm also becoming a product available for you to purchase, That's right? That's good. That's good. I can do three things in one now. You, you, you're not going to hire me. That's you got an open position. You're going to go hire somebody else that you have to train team. up. Yeah. Guy asked me, hey, man, how much is your contract with the temp agency? Because remember, I got hustled. Yeah. I'm like, all right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm supposed to be making this, but I'm getting a percentage yep. cut out of my check. Oh, because I'm paying them X, Y, and Z. And I'm mm-hmm. like, hold up. I'm only getting, you know. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't know. Um, I'm going to say this. A good product is worth purchasing. <laughs> That's good. My company buys out. My, my, my current company buys out my contract with the temp agency. That's good. Hires me on. So now, 
not only do I get what I was missing out of my paycheck from the middleman, <laughs> but I'm getting full, I'm getting benefits, I'm all getting that. all this other stuff. And so now it's like, I started to get to a point where I'm putting street knowledge into this. This ain't enough. I need a little bit more. Now, I want to be in the air condition pushing buttons. Yeah. I, want, I, want, I don't want to be the one on the radio taking the orders. I want to be the one inside giving the orders. Because remember, it's Texas, right? Yeah, so now I'm coming up on, I didn't made it through the summer, the hottest summer on record, and I made it through the winter. That summer coming back up, I got to make some shake. <laughs> so how do I get in a better position, right? I get in the kitchen. I start cooking. Come on. All right. I know how to do this. I know one key important in business and in the construction business that I was missing, and I finally figured out what it was: transportation. Mm-hmm. Ah, so not only can I get a CDL, learn how to do this and all this other stuff, and move the equipment, but I automatically put myself in a better position to get out the position that I was in. Yeah. So, 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 similar to how you were in the streets, you were always looking to figure out how do I. How do I get to the next level? How do I have more control over my mm-hmm. destiny? Absolutely. Because in the streets, you got to remember like this, I can't stay out here all day. Yeah. Back then, I had, I had, had, to, had remember, Allen Iverson was big, so we all had braids back then. Yeah. Then it was like, <laughs> I ain't going to braids no more. I'm going to get dressed. So you could pick me out of lineup. Remember, mm. I'm 6'5". You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I do something. I'm getting, they, they know me at this point. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I can't be out here all day. Mm. And then furthermore, I want my grandma to see me. I got a basketball game. I got a football game. I, I, got, I can't be out here all day. So I need to make something shake for me. So take it back to the streets. When I was like, I can't be out here all day, I start recruiting my own cats. Cats, that's my age. Because remember, they look up to me because I hang with dudes that's yeah. not my age. Yep. So they're like, and they see me in it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm shining. Like, so it's like, oh, man, I'm going to see what's up with him. Hey, man, look, you want to do this? I'm going to show you how to do it. I'm going to bring you in. All right, bet. Cool. That was my corporate structure. That's good. I did this before. So now you fast forward and you go to the workforce and it's like, all right, how do I put myself in a better position to win? That's good. good. I don't want to be, my body can't sustain me hopping on and off equipment and being in all four seasons outside working for 30 years. My body can't handle that. So how do I put myself in a better position? Okay. Now I need to be more marketable. Yeah. Now I can't be the angry black man at work. I can't go off on these dudes. I can't. I have to learn how to talk to them. I got to learn how to, how they talk this talk. I have to learn how to do this. Well, remember, I'm an up-and-coming employee in the construction business. I have no construction knowledge right. <laughs> at all. How do you build a house? I don't know. Yeah. Put up four walls. and No, man. You, you put cement in the brick now. No, man. You ain't even surveyed the land yet. Mm. Oh, man. So that's when this thing before it became the monster that it is now, when YouTube was just a <laughs> something that you just I started studying construction stuff. Uh, my company has a great tool to train you also. Um, then it also started with a divine meeting. <laughs> uh, my CEO came uh, around and he was... Just in a, not not interviewing, but he was just talking to everybody, right? right. Putting, but but he is he's interviewing though. Yeah, he's I mean, interviewing. Right. He's, interviewing. <laughs> he's interviewing. Yeah, there you go. So he's talking to everybody. Hey, so I asked him. I said, Hey, man, what I got to do to move up in this company? Do I need to go back to school, finish my degree? Wow. Do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? Do I need to get a certain certification? Do I need to get my CDL? And he told me something that forever shaped my career path. 
He said, okay, you going to go back to school? I said, if that's, what, if, that, if that's what I need to do, I'll do it. He said, you're going to go to school, right? Right. They're going to make you buy a book, right? Mm. They're going to teach you what's in the book, right? Right. They're going to give you a test based on what's in the book, right? Mm. Right. You still ain't caught on. I'm like, what you mean? You want to learn something, pick up a book and read it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You, you took me to school on that one. That's good. So I start picking up. And my company, you, you get Renter's Digest, yeah. Rental 101. So I start picking up these books. I start reading all this. Oh, you know how I was enamored in the streets with the uh, Jag coming out with the new XJ8. And I knew every function of the XJ8 <laughs> of the Lexus SC430, the hard top drop. I know everything about that. Now I'm learning. Oh, Bobcats making a new skid steer, cabbed in clothes with track unit. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I start getting enamored in this stuff. I start reading up on it. So now when I'm having these conversations with regional salesmen, regional Ooh. sales directors or salesmen in general, and then it's like, oh, man, I got a customer and he's trying to do this. Oh, man, you know what he needs? He needs a, bob, a, a, a Bobcat SC430. I think that'll get him to you know, take care of what. Oh, he needs a T75 to get it done. Oh, you know what? I think I'll send him a John Deere back or with a hammer because Texas soil is a little bit different and yeah. a lot of it gets hard. And, and now it's like, hold on, man. Who is that dude that's, that's, that's spitting this who's, who's, who's this driver that knows what he's talking about? And not only that, I'm also finding another thing Another tool to put in my belt, yeah, and that's customer service. Yeah, so 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 let's pause here because number one, if anybody listens to this, y'all need to rewind about 20, 30 seconds here. You say you want to learn something, pick up a book. You just just just, <laughs> just, just, just just drop it right there. So so let, let's let's talk about your um, kind of the different jobs you had, just kind of briefly, right? Oh, okay. So so you, so you started, you know, like you said, as as a as you know, washing the construction vehicles. So this. Briefly, kind of just your job titles and then kind of what you do now okay. and looking at yourself where you are now versus where you began. What do you say to younger you? Right. Uh, and then what does future you looking for? Does that make sense? OK. Uh, so briefly, I started off washing equipment and then I moved to a yard man. Yard man, you pretty much direct the traffic yeah, and yeah. stage the equipment for the drivers to get. And then I was a small engine mechanic. So you go in, you just change filters, you know, find out what's wrong with some change filters, hoses, different things to prevent leaks and stuff like that on small equipment. Uh, then I became a, a one-ton driver, uh, which was essentially a rollback driver, okay. a tow truck driver. Yeah. Uh, just going to pick up small, medium-grade equipment. Um the part I was also about to get into with the customer service once I found out that piece. So now everybody's calling like, hey, man, send that cat over here. He yeah. was great. Yeah. He explained everything yeah. to us. He picked everything up. He went the extra mile. He didn't sit in the truck and call <laughs> us. And actually, he got out and actually went and found it. We didn't need no problem. I was making myself available. Yeah. I was serving both sides, right? I was being, you know, on internal customer and service. external. Yeah, exactly. I was serving both sides. So um, I was the guy to call on. And then I became an inside salesman. Okay. Um that that opened the door for me to be an inside salesman. I think that's where we met. I mean, you were doing probably doing that job. I was just I was still driving when I met okay. you, and that's when I had just moved over, moved over and got got into that. So uh, yeah, I became an inside salesman, and then um, I became a sales lead, mm -hmm. and that was more assisting outside salesmen getting out there, getting picked up. Hey, let's go attack these customers. Uh, 
And then uh, I did that for the longest time. Oh, no, for a short period, I did uh, recon. And that's kind of like you repo man. You just go <laughs> kick down doors and all that other stuff. And, hey, man, this is our stuff. We coming to get it. You ain't paid us. Was that a fun job? It was to an extent, but literally it got dangerous. Like, you know, like you be watching them scripted shows, South Beach Toe and all that. That's kind of how it was a little bit, but it's more different. I mean, I kind of felt plagued. They were trying to make me the muscle. Like, you know, you was like, you'll go to job sites. And you was like, hey, man, we ain't received payments and such and such. You was like, well, what are you doing here? He coming to collect. So I wasn't good at that. I hated sales. <laughs> but then that propelled me to management okay. and then um, becoming um an assistant manager mm-hmm. um, and branch. And then uh, where I am now is area manager. I area manage the whole Fort Worth area. So, so <clears throat> lo- looking, I'm, one, I'm trying to figure out how we're going to go with this. First, looking back over the years, would you have done anything differently? Or do you feel that you, I mean, <clears throat> no, no, no critique or anything. I mean, I, I think, you you hustled it, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you you literally hustled it. Mm-hmm. But if you were if you were talking to younger Brandon, would there be any difference in the in the approach? Would you would you counsel yourself any differently? Absolutely. Really? Um, first things first, I would tell myself is listen. Wow. Learn and lead. <laughs> I, <laughs> That's good. Yeah, That's I mean, good. I listen to an extent. Mm. But it was like, I, I was too quick on the draw. Once I learned something, I was so eager to go put it in place mm. instead of mastering it wow. first. Wow. So I had a lot of stuff where I made my mistakes and I had my hard knocks wow. where it could have been now sitting at this point, it could have been avoided if I would have just listened more. That's good. Uh, learning to the full potential of what the ramifications is if I do this yeah. or what, yeah. what is it like if I do this or what if I go this avenue and then uh, leading. I felt that, and I'm going to just say it, I felt that as a younger black man Mm. in a predominantly older white male dominated business that I didn't have a voice. Mm. And there is such a thing with leading in silence. I don't have to be the one out in the front, but I can lead what I do. And so I think that that took a hit to my early on leadership because I was timid and afraid because I I felt out of place. But now being comfortable in my own skin and who I am, just leading in without fear. Being a true leader without fear, just going out and doing it. So that's what I would tell my younger self getting into this this business. You know, uh, hey man, you don't necessarily have to go back and enroll in school, but go take a class on construction management. Go take a business management class. Go take an etiquette class. Stuff like that because... It's different when you're in sales, right? And a customer wants you to meet him in Las Colinas at the Four Seasons for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, certain people would be like, y'all know who y'all got up in here? <laughs> you know what I mean? You sit down, they hand you two spoons, four forks, and two knives. You're like, I'm good with the fork. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I just need one of these. Right. You know what I'm saying? You don't understand the different course meals. You yeah. don't understand uh, the the why they bring you a hot towel when you sit down. Like, okay. stuff like that. Like, because you never know what arena and situation you're going to be put in. And if I'm going to lead... And act like I belong, I need to really Oof. not act it. I need to not Oof. fake it till I make it. I That's need to good. know what I'm doing. That's good. That's good. I can stop it there, but I don't want to. Um, all right. I mean, you, we, we, 
we talk often. And so yeah. you're, you're at this point now to where you are literally kind of evaluating what's next, right? Yeah. You, you have some choices to make. Yeah. Big time. You know, big time, right. <laughs> it, it could, you know, be moving all these other types of things. Um, as you look at, you know, you're approaching 40, you know, I'm closer to it than you are, but you're approaching it. Um, and you look at right wife, two kids, you know, your mom is good. You reconcile with your dad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, you know, you, you, you saw your grandmother live a, a full life. Yeah. You know what I mean? For her to see you. Right, right, right. You know, transfer to all these things. Right. One could look at you and say, man, like this is the true success story. Right. This is a person that has, you know, done it. Right. Where do you feel that you want to get better? Right. Where, where, where do you feel where you're like, hey, man, there is still more that I can do or become in this process. <laughs> the funny thing about that, how I can become better right now approaching 40 has absolutely nothing to do with my career. Wow. It's the four F's. It's my faith, my family, my finances, and my fitness. That's good. And those areas, right? So my faith... And my relationship with God comes before all of it. Yeah. Because without my source, yeah. I'm nothing. Yeah. My family, I can't lead other people if I can't lead my family. That's good. Right? I have to be involved, in, inquisitive, <laughs> <laughs> uh, investing mm. husband. Right? I have to be a father that doesn't treat my children below or beneath where they are right now. That's good. Man. You know, I can't expect my son, my 13-year-old son, who grows up in <laughs> Fort Worth, you know, suburb, <laughs> to handle things like a 13-year-old boy yeah. out the Magnolia Project. That's you know what I'm good, saying? Man. Come on. Um, I can't expect my nine-year-old daughter to understand what these things are when they're used to a certain life that I afforded to, right? Mm. Uh, my finances, right? I can't... Uh, spend money irresponsibly. Yeah. Every dollar has a job. I can't mm. do that. My fitness, right? I have to make sure that I'm able to enjoy the fruits of my labor and be able to walk my daughter yeah. down the aisle, be yeah. able to dance with my future daughter-in-law at yeah. her wedding, these type of things, hike with my wife, yeah. you know, yeah. all this stuff. So that has to be my four areas that That's I would good. focus on and move forward because guess what? Like you said, you about to be at 40 before I am. Yeah. Bodies don't respond nah, like bro. it's 14 no more. Nah, so. bro. Nah. <laughs> you know nah. what I'm saying? That's good. That's good. I appreciate you for, for taking the time today, man. Man, you know what? I'm going to just go out and say this and I, you know, I always tell you this, but <laughs> I appreciate our friendship, our yeah. brotherhood, right? Because night and day, <laughs> Vanilla and chocolate, salt and pepper, oil and vinegar. We're we not supposed to mix You're at right. all. You're right. But meeting you and you showing me that you gave me that small glimmer, like I could do this. That's good. Like, I appreciate I, it. You know, I, I got a I got a cheat code. I got an ace <laughs> up my sleeve. Like, you know what I'm saying? I can lean on this because, like, let's just be real. We yeah. got some cats that came up in, in our class, yeah, right? Yeah. And in the second class, you know, nobody knows what we're talking about yeah, right yeah. now, but could have went the same way, but chose not to. Yeah. And it's, uh, the biggest thing is like a pride thing. And like with you, 
man, you made me swallow a lot of stuff. Mm. And you you dished some stuff out to me and you held me accountable on, on such a tremendous level to where it was like, no, I don't have to be FT3. I could be B. Yeah. But at the same time, you you hit me with them tough questions to make me say, dang, man, what am I really doing out here? Yeah. And I, that only becomes like, you know, with our friendship, man. And I really love and appreciate everything, man. Uh, just the, the early morning conversations, yeah. the late night prayers, and just the direction. You know what I'm saying? I really do appreciate it because I know you personally. <laughs> I could have been on the cutoff list. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you... But you you hung in there, you stuck it out with man, me, and I, I, I really appreciate that. I, I appreciate it, man, because um, one thing that I have I have become to uh, I have have started to notice and understand and, and realize is that you can't grow around people that are the same uh, cut as you, that are the same as you. Mm-hmm. You have to have different ingredients to help you grow. And, and you've been one of those for me, right? It's like, look, you, you real comfortable, right? Are you going to grind or not? Right. <laughs> I mean, like real talk, like, Hey, yeah. are you going to do, you going to do better. You're going to do something like that. So I appreciate it. And I hope people would hear this right. And, and listen to the interview and, and the dialogue, the conversation, it wasn't even interviews, just conversation, really yeah. a conversation that we've had. We talk like this all the, all time. the time. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but to, to, Realize that in regardless of whatever circumstance situation that they're in, we are all somewhere along this spectrum of corner to corner office. Right. We are all living in this dichotomy of um, survival versus thriving. And like, unfortunately, most people are just surviving. Yeah. Right. Most people are like whichever way be it legally or illegally or surviving, right? Or some combination of both just trying to get there versus saying, okay, let me flip this. Let me apply what I understand and say, okay, I'm going to do more. Mm-hmm. And, and there's, there's a expectation of me to do more and, and, and achieve better for myself and for others. And so, um, so yeah, man, I appreciate it. And I hope that you all have enjoyed this conversation as well. I would say, hey, if you want to get in touch with him, you can contact him at, but he's not on social. He ain't playing none of that. So if you want to contact him, holler at me. But this is a, it's a good conversation. I appreciate you taking the time sitting in the studio. And uh, we, we appreciate each and every one of you all for, for jumping in here today, listening to, to, this, uh, to this dialogue and the installment of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And I hope that you all can see why I, I chose Mr. Brandon Williams today to be one of the members of that league uh, because he is truly an extraordinary gentleman, and his story um, is, is means a lot to me and for all of those that have been impacted. So thank you all for tuning in today. Again, remember to like, share, subscribe, follow, rate, review. Honestly, if you do nothing else, rate and review. That helps me to know that, um, that, that you all have enjoyed it. Helps my guests to know that this, this, um, that this, this, this message, this episode meant something and allows for others to, to glean what you gleaned as well. So thank you all for tuning in today, and we'll see you all after a while.